very next episode of Amalga Files. I am the boy wonderful Ian Wallace. I will be joined tonight by the lovely Georgia Lynn Epperson. We will be, as you know, getting call-ins and reading text messages and involving our members as much as possible. But this is the Amalga Files, where nothing is taboo until it is. We are here to talk about lore, religion, mysticism, bust myths, prove myths, reinforce myths if we, if we have to. Um, we do it all. And we do it all for you guys, our listeners, our members, um, affiliated podcasts, and all the wonderful people that help support us. Um, yeah, so we're here to talk about ghosts with a plural, not just one. We're not singling out. We don't like to single anybody out here. So we're going to be talking about all of the ghosts. We don't want no supernatural profiling going on. We don't get no hate mail from the supernatural. It's all we need is to piss off the undead. From the from the non corporeal beings, right, <laughs> right. I think we got everybody else covered except them. <laughs> I think we're pissed off a little bit of everybody except the non corporeal beings. So you know, what? let's just try here and see what. No, you know what? We're not going to piss the ghosts off. We're going to keep the ghosts happy. Yeah, we're going to do a real... pass on that one. Sorry, yeah, we're going to take a pass. Yeah, we're going to take a pass. <laughs> you know, after after Steve's um, Spring Hill Jack story, I'm, uh, I'm just going to be really, really cool about this. And we're going to be real respectful about the ghost stories tonight. And you know, we're going gonna, gonna to be real cool and, and nod and wave a lot and just agree, you know? I mean, I mean, I'm already not answering doors. I don't need to, you know, have to be <laughs> windows. Poor Jordan hasn't left their house in a month. <laughs> Thanks a lot for that, Steve. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, we are here to discuss ghosts, supernatural, the undead, the, the non-living, the living impaired, whatever you want to call them. We are here to discuss them. And, um, you know, are they real? Uh, is there any evidence concerning anything we should know about them or not know about them? Or, um, you know, how to get in touch with them if necessary, if you need to, you know, call a ghost or the, you know, ghostbusters, because there apparently are some weird but it's true now there are ghostbusters and investigators who you know investigate stuff like this so we're going to explore all of these different topics the number to call in if you would like to call in is 443-365-1340 again that number is 443-365-1340 leave us a voicemail leave us a text leave us a text and a voicemail and then call in on the show we never get sick of you do people. it all yeah do it all why not you know, we got the phone line. Be for an you. overachiever. You know what I mean? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, go for the gold. If you're gonna go for a supernatural, go for the gold. There's no reason to be a lightweight. Um. So Jordan, um, we're gonna be going all go all over the bases tonight. We're gonna do the motor meter, the scoliometer. We're gonna bring in our pose. We got our special guest host coming in. We got text messages, we got voicemails, we got all of the peoples want to talk to us. No pressure. It's all good. None. Just relax. None yeah, no, no pressure. <laughs> it's all good. Just relax like, it, like it's not even happening. And, um, you know, we'll muddle through, make the best out of this show. Right, so it's been a whole week. I haven't, haven't gotten a chance to talk to my partner in spiritual crime. Like, where, where have you been? So spiritual crime. <laughs> I don't know how to... <laughs> Just, oh, you know, here, just, right? just communing with the dead. No just communing with the dead. <laughs> Holding seances and stuff like that. No, you know what, Jordan? You know what? We're gonna we're gonna put a sock in this right now. 
He said we were going to have a real respectful show. We're not going to play games with the undead, you know, just in case. I don't want to hear no chains rattling later on tonight. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to put a sock in this, and we're going to get back to serious business, all right? Just so that we don't have to... <laughs> All right, no, seriously. Um, it's good to be back. It's good to have you back. It's good to be tackling another topic for our listeners. Um, ghosts. What do you want to open up on this one? I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna swing this one way over to you, and I'm gonna be a fly on the wall here and just support because um, I got a lot of ideas about this. You know, I got a lot of, lot of thoughts. So I'm, I'm gonna play devil's advocate a lot tonight. So I'm gonna let you open this up on whatever topic you want, and I'll follow your lead. And um, so what do you think? Okay, well, I was looking into uh, a little bit of the history um, as far as, you know, paranormal investigation type stuff, Ah. um, as well as, you know, just kind of what a ghost really is. Um, And the one thing that was pretty common across the board was that nobody has an actual definition for what a ghost is. There's so many different types that they've labeled at this point, but really it's it's the same thing as being like, oh, we've got a woodland fairy and then we've got a, a river fairy or whatever. See, I'm really so uncomfortable with calling the undead fairies. I think we I think what we should do is just refer to them as the living impaired for the rest of the evening, just so that we're being anatomically correct and we don't want to piss off the undead. So it's not calling by a river fairy. The thing is, the thing is that part of the definition of ghost is that not all of them are living impaired. Some of them are. Some definitions, some definitions of a ghost, uh, they look at um, basically people are, putting out uh, telepathic waves that are coming across as ghosts, as the dead. But they're not actually dead people that are doing so. And you know what? I'm glad you sometimes brought this up. Have, sometimes you'll have somebody that's like in a coma, for example, that they have their spirit walking around, but they're not dead. We, um, we actually talked a little bit about this um, during the uh, Aliens um, episode. Well, not about this topic, but I, I remember okay. telling you about this guy who projected himself to the moon. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like so, something along those... It might have been a moon ghost. Might have been. <laughs> Jordan, you know what? You're trying to lie here. We're trying to have a real respectful show for living impaired, okay? And we can't just be calling a moon ghost, right? If I hear change later on tonight, I'm going to be calling you at 2 in the morning, okay? Be like, hey, hey, at, at least I didn't call him Ghost Space Captain America. <laughs> All right, you know what? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this show's over. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, let's see how the next episode of Malga Files where uh, hopefully Jordan can keep it respectful and not have you know, the undead giving us hate mail. <laughs> oh, man. No, but um, it's it, And see, the thing about it, and I'm glad we're able to make light of it because you kind of have to. There is a very, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of dreading the portion of this where we kind of dive into the more evidentiary side of everything and I actually have a celebrity ghost story that I'm going to share tonight. Um, but, um, you know, there's some times where, you know, this topic really does make the 
arm hair stand up and I, I don't know it's it's the touch and go kind of thing for me <laughs> if I'm honest like I mean, I mean I've got a couple of experiences myself that I can share one is a little bit lighter and you know half well not necessarily happy but it's a better one and the other one really kind of freaked me out for a while so okay well when we get into the experiences side surprisingly I actually have something on my own that I'm going to be normally I like to stay out of this one when it comes to the personal experiences because you know I'd like to remain a veneer of invincibility um, whenever I'm doing what I'm doing <laughs> I, I try I, I do the best I can to remain a veneer of invincibility but the truth of the matter is I'm uh, just like everyone else who's awesome so there's that <laughs> I never get tired of patting myself on the back. Jordan never gets tired of watching me pat myself on the back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ladies and gentlemen, sorry, I'm gonna be okay one day. So, um, all right, starting off, let's get into the facts, or rather, some of the things that you have already kind of grazed over. Um, What is a ghost? Uh, I mean. Generally speaking, what what is a ghost? Is it uh, the the energy left over after a person expires? Is it the the soul in in non human you know non corporeal form? I mean, not in in corporeal form. Um, what is it? What what is a ghost? What do you what do you classify as a ghost? If I was to say, Jordan, I'm sending you to Oxford University to teach Ghosts 101 tomorrow. What are you going to tell me? Oxford <laughs> actually has a ghost club. You know what? Look, Jordan, see, <laughs> I love it when I'm right, but I hate it when I'm right like that. It's, it's, it's not as much fun, but um, it's still kind of awesome. It's like when something falls and you catch it and you, and you feel like you're Batman. But... um. <laughs> Or maybe that's just me. I don't know. I feel like I'm Batman. When no, I catch. no, no. I've been there. You've been there. Right, it's okay. Okay, I'm not alone. I've been there. All right, All right. good, 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 good. It's, it's like that. Uh, it's like that episode of Supernatural when uh, they had the really good luck with the rabbit's foot, and he throws right. the pen, and it goes into the the gun barrel, and he's like, "I'm Batman." <laughs> <laughs> actually, same thing. Same thing. <laughs> actually, we are getting our first call of the night. You are on with the Malga Files. Who do we have? Sean. Hey, Sean. How you doing, man? Always good to hear from you, brother. How are you? Oh, hanging in there. That's all you could do, man. If you let go, you're going to fall. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Jordan and I were just kicking back and forth um, the uh, definition of what a ghost is. Um, I'm, I'm sure you called to share an experience as well. But um, real quick before you do, what do you got for us? What do you think if I had to, because we're sending Jordan to Oxford, so we'll send you to Harvard. We're going to send you to Harvard because Jordan has Oxford covered. And for some reason, she knows that they have a ghost club there. We're going to circle back around. So to Cambridge. So we're going to, what? You're not supposed to know stuff like this, Jordan. So we're going to send you Cambridge, since Jordan knows that they have a ghost club there. So we're going to send you to Cambridge to teach Ghost 101. What are you going to tell the students? What's a ghost? Uh, paranormal activity, unexplained phenomenons, um, apparitions, black shadows. Okay. 
or spirits. Alright, when you say spirits, what do you mean? Do you mean like the essence of a living being? Because from what I understand, some spirits were never human. The way Jordan was telling it. It could be anything. It could be animal. It could be human. It could be demonic. Ah, okay. Alright. It could be anything that may or may not have had or is a human form. Okay. All right, we'll put that in. We'll put that in the Amalgam Files dictionary under ghost as a, as a sub um, as a sub definition. I like it. I like it. Um, so tell us, Sean. You called in. You have something to share with us. You have something you want to tell us. Ghosts, in my opinion, are one hundred percent real. They okay. exist because I've had too many personal experiences to say, nah, they're made up. They're baloney. They're whatever. Okay. Because Joy and I were actually talking about this a few weeks ago. I live, I live down home, is between, like right outside of Gettysburg. And I did some research and I found that that was the path that during the Civil War the soldiers took. Which would explain why every now and then I'd get the strong smell of pipe tobacco and campfire coffee. Because that has a Coffee alone just has a unique smell as opposed to making it in a coffee pot or anything like that. Hmm. And the thing is, no one in the house would drink coffee or smoke tobacco. So that was right there, but okay, something's not right here. Okay. And it wasn't an everyday thing. It was like, okay once a week, maybe once every couple months, you just get that strong odor and like, okay, what can it be? We can't possibly explain it by any human logical reason. Okay. And then when I was younger, my grandfather and stepfather both passed away when I was a young child. And I heard their voices clear as day out in the living room Mm. talking and I'm like, okay, what's going on? I thought maybe it was the AC running or something, but I turned it off, went back to doing what I was doing, and I still heard the voices. So that right there tells me ghosts are real. Okay. So, Sean, do you think that ghosts are more drawn to the people that they knew when they were living? Yes and no. I say some ghosts are, but then you have your other ghosts that are like, hey, I'm here. Help me. Or they just want to be, on my language, they just want to be dicks and serve people. Okay. No, I've actually heard plenty of ghost stories where the ghosts were dicks. I have to agree. Like, And I was like, wow, that's not cool, man. Like, you're gonna make that poor woman run down the stairs and break her neck. Like, there's been some some instances where ghosts like to literally pull pranks on people, like especially kids. Like, if they're ghosts of kids, I've I've actually heard a few different iterations of uh, encounters where like they would like just move stuff just out of reach and hide things and then bring them back out later and like like just <laughs> just being little hellions and. Exactly. That sounds like that sounds like living with my husband. Right. <laughs> Poor Spencer. Oh man. So yeah, yeah. So there are some there are some ghosts that like to fuck with people, and 
it's it's amazing that you know to think about the ramifications behind something like that like something non-living or that you know is devoid of life um can cling to a person so much and still have that general interaction that they want to be mischievous and i wonder what other emotions they must feel in different wide range of things they must go through um being that they are no longer living so who for thought um Sean, thanks so much for calling in and giving us your two bits and letting us know what you think about the topic. Um, we will be reading um, some stuff you left for us in the group, and we will be also listening to other uh, members and having other people call in. So make sure you stay tuned and enjoy the show. Oh, will do. Thank you, guys. All righty. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay. All right, so Jordan, we got the definition loosely of what ghosts I gotta make sure I get that S on there because we're talking. We're not. We're not singling anybody out here. You know, the headless horseman. You know, until Casper. You know what I'm talking about. We got we're the whole singing. ghost family tuning we're in. We're talking. Yeah, we're talking about everybody. You know, everybody's covered in this. So, all right, we got the definition. We know what a ghost is loosely, or at least we have explained it to the best of our knowledge, which is pretty damn good, if I say so myself. And. It leads me to my next, I guess, question air or question area is multimeter scoliometer. Where do you where do you land? I mean, I I pretty much get it that you're, you know, you land more towards the you you know these these things. Something is going on here. But for the record, where do you land on the multimeter scoliometer? Um, in general, I think I land definitely on the molder side. I mean. Okay. Obviously, I don't believe every single ghost story that I hear, but I do believe in their existence. Okay. All right. Me, I am, I am frightfully stuck in the middle. Not to say that I do not believe in the spiritual. I think that it's not what people think it is. And I think that it's really misunderstood. And I think that it's real to an extent. And I think that some people want it to be more real than what it is. And I think that's where a lot of the folklore comes from. And of course, people getting away with stuff. And, you know, if you blame it on the ghost, it's all good kind of thing. But I'm like yeah. dead. Say again? Yeah. Yeah. So if, if, but I'm like kind of dead set in the middle. Like I can believe, I want to believe, but because of people, I'm very skeptical because one thing I have learned in my travels is, um, I mean, outside of us ribbing and having fun because we have to, this is the amount of files. Well, we, we don't, we don't have to, but. No, it's in it our contracts. No, no, I, I wrote it into our contracts. We have, we absolutely have to have fun or we can't do it. Oh, along, along with the saran wrap. Listen, first of all, all right, that's a that's a, that's part of our non-disclosure agreement, so we're gonna have to need to keep that under wraps. Shout out to Maria Evy for that one. Um, but yeah, we're, <laughs> we have that wrapped up in our non-disclosure agreements. But um, yes, but yes, if there was something like that that had happened allegedly, then yes, that would be also a part of it. But we have to have fun. We got to do it. But um, I've always I've always learned that this the spiritual is definitely not something to be taken lightly. And when I say that, I see that as it's not anything to be played with. Joking is joking because we need to be able to break some of the ice and make this com this conversation and this topic comfortable. But outside of that, 
it is not something that I would take lightly ever. Ouija board seances. Um, I might I might joke around about them, but as far as like breaking one out and playing game, we're not we're not doing none of that. We're not. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't. We don't. Mm-mm. Yeah, we ain't I, doing none I, of that. I yeah. do not play around with that. Uh-huh. One of my grandmother's favorite like phrases ever was, "No, that's the devil's playground." Mm, and, <laughs> and, she, and she would say that about just about anything. And you know what? I realized as I get older that I do it sometimes too now. Yeah. And I worked at a restaurant with my mom. We worked together for many many years um and at halloween time we would decorate the restaurant okay one of our co-workers brought in a ouija board Mm. and she decided we were going to display that and my mom and i were like "Mm, nope nope that needs to go back in your car take it back home we're not messing with that yeah the hell out of here yeah (laughs) and she was like it'll be fine we were like, no, you need to go put that back in your car. Yeah, we're not doing none of that. We're not doing none of that. <laughs> My mom and I were back in the kitchen prepping and cooking and all of that. And we come back out like two hours later and she has put it up on the wall. Oh, wow. And my mom threw a fit about it and was like, I you bet she did. Right now. Yeah. And get it out of here. Which my yeah. mom, my mom is one of the sweetest people you will ever meet. However, if you've upset her, and she's not, she's not mean about it, but she's kind of scary. Yeah, I know. She's, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Mama don't take no mess. No, I understand. No, I just believe me. I'm from that, I'm from that same entourage. She'll give you that look and everybody runs and cowers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The look that questions, the look that makes you question is how the world started. Yeah. No, it's. <laughs> but I, I, I swear she is she is one of the nicest people you will ever meet. She now works as a nanny and her the moms that she nannies for are like, how'd you get them to do that? Right. <laughs> but anyway, so and the girl threw a fit about, you know, I'm leaving it up there. I'll take it down when I go go home. And my mom kind of was like, Okay, but it better be out of here tonight. Yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not dealing with this. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I had a pretty bad experience with a Ouija board and, um, ever since then, I just, I, I don't, and then I asked, you know, my, you know, the, the elders in my village, what, you know, what that was about. And they told me, yeah, you don't, you don't go knocking on the devil's door unless you want some my answer. I mean, I mean, you're opening up yourself to, to whatever. To whatever. Right. Exactly. And that's, and that was how they put it. And visit. Yeah. That's how they put it. Like if you, and, you know. And my mom like was like, "All right, you need to take this out of here when you get a chance. We need we need to get this out of here. We're not we're not messing with this." Well, it actually fell down. Oh, see, and, no. And it it startled everybody in the restaurant when it fell because it hit the floor and you know, big boom throughout the whole restaurant. And see? the girl was like, "The girl was like, oh, whatever. You're just being silly." Because my mom was like, "You need to get it out of here now." Yeah, right now. Yeah, see, nah, yeah, it's time to go. It's time to go. <laughs> We're not playing those kind of games. The girl was like, you're being silly. And she went and got a bunch of duct tape and taped it down and taped it down flat so that it, it there was no way it could have fallen. And it fell again like half an hour later. Oh, oh, hell no. See? No, at this point, we see, 
Yeah, at this point, we would have been burning the restaurant my down. Mom was like, this, my mom was like, at this point, it needs to go out in your car, whatever. And at this point, the girl was kind of a little bit shaken by it. And she was like, hmm, all right. Yeah, it's too late so for that she, shit. <laughs> so she got it together. She got it together and stuck it in with her stuff um, under the counter. So it wasn't on display or anything. And something happened with it again. And at that point, she was really freaked out. And she was like, I'm going and I'm burning this thing. Which, by the way, you never want to burn a Ouija board because it will release whatever spirits are attached to it. But the girl was totally freaked out and was like, I'm burning this thing when I get home. We aren't, we aren't playing with this anymore. We're done. Yeah, no, I understand completely. And honestly, um, to kind of recap uh, what I was saying before is, you know, it's it's a good subject to talk about. It's a good subject to cover. It's a good thing to learn a lot about. But as far as like dibbling and dabbling and things that you don't understand, it's never good to do that. And I want to make that a very clear warning to people who you know may not know a lot about the topic but are curious. Um, you know, you don't want to you don't want to attempt um, fate when don't it comes to fate. <laughs> Yeah, when it comes to things you don't understand, especially when it comes to things you, you, you don't understand. If you've never been deep sea diving, um, you don't want to go, you know, diving in Shark's Cove, you know, the first few times out. Maybe you want to just, you know, take I mean, a nice people. scuba class or something off, you know, off of the coral reef in the Caribbean before you go diving for sharks is what I'm saying. You might want to learn a little something before you go because, you know, some of this stuff, regardless if it's been proven or not, there have been some very highly unexplained things. Um, there have been exorcisms performed all over the world where either a spirit or a demon had reportedly taken over a person. And let me tell you, um, some of this stuff is not pretty. As a matter of fact, it's so graphic. Um, there's some things that I just would, I, you know, that I researched myself that I just refuse to share online um, for my own sanity. <laughs> like this was enough so you know these things can get pretty serious so before you go and you know break out a Ouija board with your friends and call yourself you know <clears throat> uh, raising the dead or you know contacting the dead you know you might want to learn a little something about how that works so just a warning and a, and a friendly reminder to our listeners and viewers and those interested in the supernatural you know well, and it's not just the things that have that negative uh, connotation to them, like smudging, for example. Smudging tends to, you know, get this real positive um, connotation to it that, you know, oh, it'll it'll remove all the evil spirits from my house, whatever. Before you do any of that, you still need to do your research because depending on what herbs you're burning, it can actually do the opposite. It can attract spirits. Yes. Yeah. It can open up your space to spirits that you don't want around you in in your living space, any of that. So before you do anything that involves the supernatural or ghosts or whatever, you do need to do your research. I'm and I mean people laugh at me all the time because I research everything. Yeah, I know you're supposed to. But you know what? I'm I'm not I'm not messing with something until I research it because Lord only knows what you're bringing into your life. <laughs> a little bit of knowledge goes a long way. Bottom line, yes. a little bit of knowledge goes a very long way. So 
please and keep I'll that in be mind. The first one to share it with you is <laughs> something that's worthwhile. But yes, you need to also be doing research on your own about any number of things that you're interested in. Agreed. Um, we're going to take a break, and in the meanwhile, we're going to um, spin it over to our sponsors over at Deadly Grounds Coffee, which is delicious. And, um, you know, we'll be back with a couple more anecdotes and facts about ghosts. Hopefully a couple more call-ins, so stay tuned, and we'll see you guys after the break. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Welcome back. Um, thank you for joining us for that word from our sponsors over at Deadly Grounds Coffee. Um, and shout out to all of our um, sister and brother podcasts on the Dorkening Network. Um, don't forget to check out those guys at the Retro Red Octopus podcast and our friends at Throwdown Thursday. Um, and all of our friends all over the Dorkening Network. Give them a listen, uh, give them a download, give them a like, and uh, let us know what you think. And um, rolling right along, we are going to be discussing the second half of Ghosts. For this, um, for this section, we're going to get into a part that I'm actually very interested in. And um, I was a little, little uh, wary of getting to, but um, we're going to get into ghost stories. We're going we're gonna to make a digital campfire and some s'mores and get a comfy blanket. And we're going to tell some ghost stories. Um, I actually have a celebrity ghost story I'm going to be telling. And we're going to be talking about some of our own experiences and things that we've heard, researched, whatever else have you, and hopefully get some call-ins that are reflective of the same. So, without further ado, oh, wait a minute. I think we have another call-in. Okay. You are on the Amalga Files with its... This is Taryn Oh, okay, with Taryn Barber. Hey. So, we're talking about ghosts. Yep. And you got to say it with the S because we're not leaving we're not leaving any ghosts out of this. We are not signaling anybody out or doing any supernatural profiling on the show. Okay. Jordan doesn't want to piss off the undead. So, <laughs> I don't need to be haunted. Yeah, we're not, we're not doing that. Yeah, we're not doing none of that. So, um ghosts. What do you got to say about that, Madam President? We are uh Talking about the supernatural, we were actually just getting into ghost stories, and I was going to share a um, a celebrity ghost story I have, but we were just going to talk about a little couple of things that we've experienced ourselves. So, what do you got? Okay, well, I, I am going to share a ghost story, but before that, before I called, I was thinking about um, what a ghost is, like to begin with, like because I was looking at your your poll um, or any poll on Amalgamania, whether or not ghosts are real. And I was wondering if we all had the same understanding of what a ghost is. And um, my issue 
One issue I guess concerned with thinking is that reality is a collective experience. So if there are 30 people in the room and all 30 people see something, then it's assumed to be real. You know, whatever that thing is. But if mm -hmm. 30 people, I see a man in the corner and nobody else sees him, does that necessarily mean he's not real? Given that there's no like people like yeah exactly. that can yeah, that can go all kind of quantum theory out here if you wanted to <laughs> it, it can like yeah, there's really to out of the sky and say you are right and you are not or explain reality to us okay so with all that being said uh, an experience that i had in which i was the only person in the room so i can't even say that i was the only person so i was the only person there but um on multiple occasions uh, I was living in a pretty old house at the time. It was built in the early 1900s. And I used to wake up and there would be a man and a girl standing at the bottom right corner of the bed looking down at me. And they would never say anything. And they didn't seem particularly menacing. They would just stand there looking at me. Mm. Yeah, that's a note for me. <laughs> I'm sorry? I said, yeah, that's that's a nope for me. <laughs> <laughs> and looking back, I, I don't know what it was that let me know that these weren't um, solid corporeal people, because I couldn't see through them. But in looking at them, I knew that they weren't like walking, living, breathing people, which is very interesting to me. Because I didn't, you know, jump up and start screaming and swinging or whatever. Like, I knew that they were ghosts looking at them. So, that's one experience. An experience of my mom, who actually has, um, has plenty of episodes that she could talk about relating to ghosts. She used to see, when she was pregnant with either me or my sister, she would wake up and there would be a man um, standing in the corner of the room smoking a cigarette. And Tiffany doesn't necessarily mean it's just standing there. And one thing she told me about those when I was younger is that they can't hurt you, they can only cause you to hurt yourself. So like they can't do anything to you, but if you're scared and you fall down the steps and break a leg, you know, that's, that's them causing you to hurt yourself without having to actually like touch you. Hmm. Okay. I've heard something kind of similar to that where uh, it's basically if you acknowledge that they're there, then they can, you know, mess with it. But until you acknowledge them, then it, then you're fine. Um, I, I guess that, I can't, that kind of is the same rules for voodoo, isn't it? Like, it can't hurt you until you believe in it. But if you believe in it, then it can hurt you. Um, 
but it's funny you bring up your mom being pregnant because I've heard before that people when they're pregnant they're actually more sensitive to things like that mm -hmm. so which would make sense because they are essentially called two consciousnesses two consciousnesses <laughs> yeah. the same being at the same time yeah, and I mean, they say that kids are more sensitive anyway, too. So one of those consciousnesses is already, in theory, more sensitive than the adult one in the first place. And you're combining them together. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that plenty of times yeah. as well, that children are a lot more susceptible to the supernatural than adults yeah, are. Yeah, because children don't have a solidified view of reality yet. You know, they still believe in things like fairies and Santa Claus, but those things are within their scope of reality. So it would make sense that something that I read when I was doing my research was that they actually did uh, studies with children trying to figure out why they were more susceptible to the supernatural. And that was kind of one of the things that they that they found was that children are more susceptible because they haven't been taught yet not to believe. Okay. Um, ghost stories. Actually, since you guys um, opened up the floor on this one, I'm going to go ahead and do my celebrity ghost story. I was actually watching the TV show, um, and it was something along the lines of celebrity ghost. I forget the name of it. I'll, I'll make sure yeah. I leave it in the comments. Yeah, I think that's what it's called, celebrity ghost stories. Yeah, and um, it was really, really weird. Uh, one of the actors that was telling their story was Chaz Palmateri, and I don't know if you guys know who Chaz Palmateri is, um, Sonny from the Bronx Tale. Sonny from what? From the Bronx Tale. Have you ever seen the Bronx Tale? Oh, okay, okay. Uh, the guy who played Sonny? Yeah, Chaz Palmateri, he's been in all the mobster movies. Um, uh, just a, a tough guy. Like uh, He's got the tough guy kind of persona. You can tell he's a man's man. And um, to see him kind of, of all the people, you know, that were on there, just to see him kind of telling his ghost story was like, wow. So I tuned in and I'm listening and the story was kind of awesome. And um, he talked about um, how, you know, when they were growing up uh, back in the Bronx when he was um, younger, um, him and a group of his friends, uh, close friends, was like, Yo, every year we're going to get together around the same time and have dinner together um, just so that we never lose touch. So, um you know, they would, you know, no matter where they went in the world or in life, they would come back to the neighborhood and have dinner with each other once a year. And then they would pick this um, same restaurant, which is like a duplex restaurant um, uh, built in like the 40s or 50s. Really, really nice place, um, Italian place that they would go and eat. And, um, you know, they had been coming there for years having this uh, annual dinner. And um, uh, he had, you know, been at the, one of these annual dinners and he was the last guy there, closing the place down with the and um, they're talking and stuff like that. And um, the owner says, look, I got to talk to you. Um, there's something that's really weighing on me, and I need you to listen to me. And he was like, okay, cool. He said, well, look, let me use your bathroom. And when I come back, you know, tell me about what's going on. So as, you know, Chaz is going to the bathroom, um, he sees this guy. And this guy walks by him in the hallway. And he says the first thing he notices about the guy is that he's got these shoes on. He's real shiny shoes. The guy walks by him, he's looking at the guy's shoes, and he goes up to where uh, the atrium in the second floor of the dining hall was. And um, he was like, well, you know, so you can't go up there. It's locked. There's no way out up there. You know, you can't go up there. And the guy said, turns to him and says, um, it's okay. 
And then Chaz is like, no, what are you talking about? It's okay. It's not okay. There's no way for you to go. You can't go up there. The guy goes up there. So um, Chaz turns around and he gets the owner, and he's talking to him, and he's like, you know, hey, you know, there's this guy roaming around. He went upstairs, and it, I told him it's locked up there. And then, so they grab the keys and open up up there and go looking around for this guy and looking around and calling out, and there was no one there. So he's like, you know, are you sure you saw? So he said, I'm telling you, I saw a guy walk by me in the hallway and he went upstairs and I don't know where he is now, but he was here and he said, it's okay. And then he was like, um, tell me about what he looked like. And he started explaining the guy. And then he said, you know, he had really shiny shoes and, the, and his friend started crying. And he's like, you know, what's the, like, he didn't understand like what was wrong. He's like, he said, Chaz, come with me. And he walks with him and he walks into his office and he points at this picture on the wall and he says, was that the guy? And he was like, oh my God, that's the guy. And it was his father. Mm. And the thing, oh, I'm getting goosebumps just telling us. <laughs> and um, um, I guess what happened was Chaz was like, you know, kind of amazed that this was the guy's dad. So he said, you know, he said, that's what I was going to tell you was that this was the last year that we're going to be able to have, you know, this annual dinner because, I'm thinking about selling a restaurant and moving and stuff. And, you know, I was really worried about doing it and it, it'd be in my father's place before it was mine and everything. And he's like, you getting that, um, you know, vision of him and him telling you it's okay. Maybe you meant that, you know, it was okay for me to move on. And, you know, they shared a moment talking about it and discussing it, but it was just so like to see a guy like Chaz Palmer, this is Sonny from the Bronx tale, Mr. Mr. You can't leave. You know, like, you know, this is the guy. This is, you know, this is this is the guy, you know. And um, for him to be, like, talking about this and, like, just the look on his face. And you could tell, you know, it's a difference between, you know, when someone's telling a story and when someone's telling you something that, that happened to them. You know, and um, mm -hmm. I could see that whatever had happened in this instant was something that he would he was never going to forget. So it just kind of really, it, it was shook him a little bit. Yeah, no, you can tell by the way he was telling it. He was just, he wasn't ready for any of that. Like, he just wasn't, wasn't his wheelhouse of things, you know, how things are done. And, you know, I think about that. And um, it's a very interesting side of this is that people who are not more susceptible or don't really believe or don't think that this is something that can happen, like how they must feel. And I could definitely relate to that, you know, um, my own experience. Um, and I, And again, I can't really... It's not too credible because I was very, very, very intoxicated at the time. And um, <laughs> why is that? Why is that? <laughs> he was like, I was very, very intoxicated. Yeah, it was. That's what because it's not that credible. But I was very, very intoxicated. Um, something really bad had happened, and um, that's how I was coping with it at the time. Not a good coping mechanism for those of you know who all those impressionable listeners out there. Not a good way to cope. Uh, but the way I chose to at the time, and um, I was very intoxicated, and I remember being in this uh, park in uh, Washington, D.C., and just kind of going over what, what was going on in my head. And, um, you know, I remember, all I remember is uh, seeing someone, and it was, I was by myself for the most part, but then I saw someone, and I couldn't find my lighter. So I asked this person, or whoever it was, can I have a light? And they gave me a light, and they sat down next to me and asked me what was wrong, and I was telling them, and we were having this conversation for a good, I don't know, a long time. Like, I was sitting there talking to this person for a minute, and it never dawned on me, but I never looked at them. I took the light, and I was just kind of, like, looking out into the park, and I never once glanced over or looked at this person. 
but they were there clearly because they just lit my cigarette for me and we were just talking and a friend of mine uh walked up to me a little bit after that and um you know and i was uh i stood up and he was calling out to me and i walked over to him and he was looking for me he was like oh, i heard you were here and you know you were you know not in good shape so i came to get you he's like how long have you been here and I was like, i've been here all night and then i was like hold on i was like and i went to turn around and say uh, thank you and goodbye to the person who lit my cigarette and there was no one there um absolutely no one there and i, I even you know asked my friend to walk around because i wanted to just i just it felt wrong so i asked my friend to walk me around the park like looking for this person and um i don't know there was just no one there and i to this day i can't explain it maybe it was how much i had been drinking maybe it was just the emotional state i was in but definitely very unexplained uh disappearance of a person who was literally there seconds before my friend walked up like i was just talking stopped talking and heard my friend and then looked over and stood up and then turned back to say you know thank you and goodbye and the person wasn't there so it was very eerie and um only batman is able to disappear like that when you know commissioner gordon you know it was that it was that <laughs> Commissioner and, Gordon? Yeah, it was are like you, are, you calling, are you calling yourself Commissioner Gordon? <laughs> yes, I am. I feel a little yes, I feel like I'm in charge of the police department from time to time when Taryn's not around. I, I feel like I my expertise, yes, I can I can define myself as the boss when she's not around. So yeah, I'm Commissioner Gordon when Taryn's not around. Thank you very much. And um oh, okay, so, Taryn, <laughs> so Taryn's Commissioner Gordon is what she's you're saying. I'm not around, she's Commissioner Gordon. Right now I'm Commissioner Gordon because I I said it first, but normally Who are you when I am around? You know, we're not. You know, this isn't what we're here to do. We're not here to do this right now. We're here. This is the amount of files, and we're talking about ghosts. Okay, you guys are gonna piss off the undead, and we're not gonna do that today. And I'm Thor. When you're, when you're, uh, but um, if you're Commissioner Gordon, I'm Thor. But um, anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was the only time that I could say that something that eerie had happened to me, and um, it was just a little chilly. Um, so yeah, that's my ghost story and my celebrity ghost story. And Taryn, thank you for calling us, calling in and giving us your ghost story. And, uh, of um, course, I can't wait to listen. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a great show. There's uh, lots of other um, stuff we're going to be doing for the rest of, uh, of it. So make sure you tune in. And I'll tell all your friends and, um, you know, have a good rest of your night. Thank you. Thanks so much. You too. Bye. All right, so ghost stories. Now, Jordan, you know me. You know me, Jordan. And um, we told our ghost stories, and that's a good thing because ghost stories are good. Now we're going to get into the other side of that coin. What are some of the more skeptical, more nasty ghost stories that you've heard? Like ones that you just know that there's just something rotten in Denmark. Come on, what do you got? Um, all right. So when I was, uh, I was in high school sometime, uh, I played on a, um, a national travel basketball team. Um, so I was probably maybe a freshman or a sophomore in high school at the time. Uh, and I was traveling with a bunch of other sophomore freshmen high school girls and we all had to stay in like I don't know there were like 10 of us staying in two rooms in hotels <laughs> oh wow so so there are only there are only you know so many things that you can do with that many people in a room and not get on everybody's nerves 
Right. Um, <laughs> um, and this one girl was telling us a story about, uh, I think it was her cousin that she was telling us about. Uh-huh. Her cousin um, passed away. And she would just like randomly come home and her TV would be on in her house. And she would have like the radio randomly turn on and it would always be the same song that was playing. Which no. held, the song held no significance as far as the cousin was concerned. But she was convinced that it was her cousin. And it was one of those things where she was telling it and we were all kind of like, okay, so why do you assume that it's your cousin? Right. And it was, and it was solely, it was solely because it all started like, I don't know, a year after her cousin died. And I'll accept that perhaps there was something going on, but the fact that she just assumed it was her cousin was a little shady to me. Okay. And I mean, being that we were, you know, 15, 16 year olds, Lord only knows what was really going on. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, that's doing it with that crowd. Everything's skeptical. Um, yeah. Okay. So, all right. One of the, <laughs> and Jordan, you know, I'm a big fan of, um, you know, being devil's advocate. I like, uh, presenting arguments from both sides, but uh, all right. So, anytime there's a ghost story as a reason why someone did something or why something happened, it was ghosts. I'm automatically my ears go up like a like a drug dog on a on a highway truck stop. Like I'm I'm I want to know what's happening. I'm all over. I'm sniffing all the tires. You know, I'm making sure there's no junk in the trunk. I'm I'm all over the place on it, and um. I think that some of the worst ones that I've heard were ones that were indicative of that. It was like, oh, well, this guy killed a house full of people and said Satan told him to do it. Or, you know, he, uh, you know, shot the dog and buried the dog and, you know, and said that it was the, the monsters in the closet that whispered to him. I, and, and I'm not saying that. Okay, possession. but those, those types of stories, I, I'm sorry, but I kind of got to go with, like, there's something – you need to you need to seek some kind of psychiatric help. No, immediately that's where my mind goes. No, immediately. Anybody that needs psychiatric help because I mean I've been there, but a lot of a lot of those stories where they're like the devil made me do it. I'm like, mm, yeah, I, I, yeah. See someone. Yeah. Talk to somebody. Or, or you know, you might need some help just putting the reality of what, because you know, and yeah. some people when they do terrible things or experience terrible things, their mind automatically fractures, and yeah. it can do things that you know it can make things seem real that aren't, make things seem that you know are very real, you know, you know that should be prevalent and real, um, yeah. you know, like they just didn't happen, and you know, it, it becomes a bit of an issue. Um, at that point. So I agree that the mental uh, aspect of everything and, and, you know, how that fits in, I think is very important as well when dealing with anything, especially something indicative of the supernatural, because, you know, that's usually the reason people give, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, the ghosts told me to rob the bank. I had to do it, you know, and it's like, that's, it's a pretty good cop out. So, you know, those are the worst ones for me. 
Well, and when I was doing my research, I found that there's actually a book that was published in 2016 called mm -hmm. Ghostly Encounters, The Hauntings of Everyday Life. Oh, wow. And, um, this couple, Dennis and Michelle Waskell, I think is how it's pronounced. They actually interviewed tons of people about their encounters with ghosts. And there was actually a good amount of the people that they talked to that they weren't even really all that sure that it was really a ghost that was haunting them. The only thing that they all had in common, all the people that they talked to, was that there was something that happened in their life that they could not readily explain. And so it basically just got chalked up to ghosts. Shit, that was almost the entire, my entire grade school career. I still, I still, <laughs> I still don't know <laughs> what the hell is going on, but there's stuff happening. That much is for certain. Um, well, in, I, my, in my, in my estimation, the whole ghost thing, I'm, I'm more readily able to believe something like that happened if there is some kind of pattern. So, I mean, if this person keeps experiencing the exact same thing over and over again, I'm more readily going to believe that something's going on with them than Joe down the street who's like, oh, my keys ended up on the kitchen counter instead of on the hook by the door. Like, dude, you just misplaced your keys. That's, that's like, it's, uh, <laughs> one too many doobies before you go out for your errands, dude. Yeah, yeah no, it, and I have those moments, Jordan. I have those moments because you know I partake of the main Jane myself, and you know you gotta be you gotta be careful because sometimes it may not be ghosts. You just might you know might have just misplaced something or moved something around. I do that all the time. Forget where I put stuff and. And I'm like, where did I put this thing out of? Where's where this thing? And it's like, I don't know. And, you know, I, I left it somewhere nonchalant. So it's, you know, the mind does play tricks on you. Well, but I mean, like, I lived in an apartment uh, back in 2011. And we had, I, I'm convinced that the apartment was haunted. Because I have a dog, which she's actually barking right now because Spencer just pulled in. But, um when we were living in this apartment she would growl at walls that there was nothing there corners um to like outside walls or walls that were you know backing a room that was also in our apartment um i had like for some reason my deodorant kept disappearing like we're talking i went for like four months where i was having to buy a new stick of deodorant like every week because my deodorant was just disappearing. Well, I mean, just because you're undead doesn't mean you gotta stink. <laughs> um, we had things that were like showing up in our apartment that weren't ours, uh, that we just assumed the other person had brought until later on it was like, so where did you get this? And they were like, I didn't get this. It's like, well, I didn't either. See, that's and weird. See, I'm, uh-uh, we gotta go. And, and I, um, I got so that I wouldn't take a shower in the apartment unless somebody else was there because every time I tried to take a shower, it felt like something was touching my leg and it wasn't the shower curtain because I am, 
crazy about the shower curtain touching me, but it was not the shower curtain. See that's see that's that's really that's the hard part for me is that is because there's been times where I felt something like that and I just kind of chalked it up as to I didn't get enough sleep or whatever. But it's really weird when you feel like somebody there's a presence or that there's somebody you know you felt like somebody touched you or you know might have brushed past you or something and that's always bothered me because it's a very real feeling. And I, I just, I was thoroughly freaked out. And at the point in time where our lease was coming up, I was like, I'm not living here anymore. I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, no, I could dig it. No, I could dig it. It's at first, at first when it was like, you know, the deodorant disappearing, I was like, mm, okay, whatever. Something's weird. Maybe, maybe we've got some fairies that we upset and they're trying to screw with us, whatever. But as soon as something started, like, it felt like something was touching my leg, all I could see was that scene from The Grudge where she <laughs> and the hand's, like, coming out of her head. And I'm like, mm, nope, nope, not doing this. <laughs> yeah, not cool. Yeah, no, we're not doing any of that. So um, before we finish up our topic of ghost stories, the worst and the best, the, the believable and the unbelievable, um, I wanted to kick it back over to you so you could read some of the reactions that we got from not only our um, – group poll, which we'll be re revealing the results for in a few here, but um, just some of the things that some of the people have written to you. And I also have um, some some messages I've been getting here uh, while we were talking uh, from Antonia, uh, Antonia, Antonia Richardson. So she just sent us. Oh yeah, one of our, one of our friends from Anim Anime Universe. Absolutely. Um, Shout out to the whole AU. Um, and we are going to read her stuff and a couple other text messages. Let me kick it over to you and give us some of our group experiences. Let's see what you got. We had Andrew Zaman. Okay. Zaman? I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. I, I, yeah, I, I uh, usually make the name, but yeah. Um, and he said, where are all the names? Neanderthal ghosts. Ghost dogs, ghost babies, like you know they can't make the decision to cross over or not and would totally get distracted. Tyrannosaurus ghosts. Um, then he said, went on a ghost tour with my wife on our first official date in Manassas, Virginia, supposedly the most haunted city in America, um, which I believe that's because that's where uh, Bull Run uh, Battlefield is. From oh Civil wow! War. Okay. Um, just like Gettysburg is supposed to be super haunted, which is what uh, Sean was talking about earlier. Um. Anyway, we both tested off the charts for sensitivity to paranormal, like off the charts on the left side of the number line. However, they had an interesting explanation that ghosts are memories or impressions that play out when enough energy, electrical, radio waves, etc., charge the impression enough for it to play. So kind of like immunum, I guess, is what he's talking about, uh, which is part of, I believe it's Norse folklore. Uh, basically, it's the collective memories of the dead that get passed down to generations. I am... Um as always, has done my uh, 
two cents as far as um, research is concerned. And I have found some very interesting ghost hunting items that you can buy. Um, this one's from a company called Spectrum. Um, and I'm just going to read some of the devices that they have listed here. Um, one of them is a, a Malmeter REM, um, and it's priced at $239. Um, there's an EDI meter, and it's on sale for $195. There is also a FLIR thermal camera. Um, priced at $379. Um, there is a digital EMF reader, um, a coffee mug for 15 bucks if you want, you know, got to stay up while you're hunting ghosts, and a beginner ghost hunting kit for $109. So far, I've read to you upwards of $1,000 worth of equipment. And that is just the tip of the ice, boy. There's like seven or eight pages of this stuff. Motion centers, K2 EMF meters, um, and, and, and you got to ask yourself how much of this is about the retail sale of it all versus how much of it is really for hunting the supernatural and how much money is being made off of this very uh, real phenomenon. It says that um, a safe range EMF um, is about the size of a tele television remote and um, it detects electromagnetic fields or um, EMF measuring them with a bright LED light array that moves from green to red depending on the strength. Um, designated to locate potentially harmful EMF radiation. You can actually buy one at Walmart. No, you really can. You can literally go like and pick one of these things up um, today. Um, it says it was originally designed to yeah, locate. It was, it was like 30 bucks at Walmart. Was it really? All right, so yeah, don't go on the site yeah, to get it this. It was like 30, like. 30, 35 bucks at Walmart. Yeah, this is going yeah, to run you 109 bucks on um, some sites. But um, it's designed to locate you know, potentially. You know, that coffee mug, that coffee mug, though, would be really good for the, uh, the Deadly Grounds coffee, though. Well, I mean, if you're going to have a cup and if you're going to be hunting the supernatural, I don't think there's anything else better to drink other than like bourbon whiskey inside of your Deadly Grounds coffee mug. <laughs> Uh, if you're going to ghost hunt like me, I mean. Um, so it says that this is designed to locate potentially harmful EMF radiation from nearby power lines or household appliances. Um, it's become a, a very popular uh, use for detecting ghosts. So here's my thing. If um, ghosts give off electric magnetic fields, um, you know, why isn't there more evidence of, of, of these things being, you know, uh, around and or involving more evidence, you know, contrary to the belief, because I would think that if there's some kind of way to measure uh, electromagnetic fields and to have them uh, respond to gadgets, that it would be fairly easy to at the very least find out if there is something supernatural going on. So... I don't know, for those people who have used these devices or know something about it, drop us a line, send us a text, let us know what you think about that. Um, outside well, of the... Mean, they, uh, they do interact with uh, like power lines too. So anywhere that there are power lines, you can't use one and get an accurate reading. Agreed, agreed. They, they, and and there, there are some appliances 
apparently that set these things off as well. So how accurate are your ghost readings? Are you just like picking up on strong power lines or is it Casper or what, you know? And that's another thing we have to ask ourselves because some of this equipment is not specifically geared towards finding ghosts. It's just signaling electromagnetic pulses, which can be caused by a very wide array of things. Um, so keep that in mind as well. Um, getting back into ghost stories, I'm going to read um, Antonia Richardson sent us a little something something. And um, I wanted to read over it real quick, okay. if, if I may. Um, it says, good evening all. My story happened in the summer of 2009. It was during my last month of a school job training, which lasted one year at a local hotel resort. Ooh, I love hotel ghost stories. Um, at, the time I <laughs> at the time, my position was housekeeping supervisor. Oh, the resort is divided into four different buildings, four, four floors high, located in a mini island in a lagoon. Well, damn. Why the hell did you stop working there? I, I, I digress. Right. Um, are they hiring still? Don't let me stop. Um, so my <laughs> so my first day um, so my first day went normal, but during the first week I noticed there were two rooms. Uh, all the girls refused to clean no matter what. I soon I soon learned why. At times the room could be vacant for days, and when you're busy cleaning it, suddenly you hear as if a man is peeing in the bathroom, or at times someone is taking a shower. Now, I go to find out who is using the room since it's listed vacant. I knock and say, housekeeping, no reply after a couple of times repeating, housekeeping, still dead silence, open the door to find no one. It can't be the shower, tub, or sink. There was no leak um, to be found and was not in use for days. Um, I check the toilet, no pee, and there's no window to say a person climbed out. Other times while cleaning the room, when suddenly... And the living room will have a strong cigarette smell, but there is no guest in the room and no cigarette in the ashtray. Once again, the room has been vacant for days before. So I do believe in ghosts, not because you can't see it or touch it, means that they're not watching you. Oh, well, that was really creepy. Yeah, way to Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Got me looking over my shoulder like, are they watching us? No, um... <laughs> No, and, and you know what? Honestly, um, hotels, um, there's a hotel in, uh, I've actually uh, remember another celebrity ghost story um, that was about um, this hotel in California. And no, not the one from the Eagle song. All my rock, all my rock rockers in the uh, group are like, like the one in the Eagle song? No, not like the one, not the Hotel California from the Eagle song. This was a hotel in California, not the Hotel California. And um, uh, this guy was staying there. Um, I, the guy from The Sopranos, Michael. Uh, I okay. forget his. I forget his name. The, the the shorter guy, the slim guy, with the um, curly hair. Michael uh, Petrioli, I think his name is, or Petinoli. Pe I forget how to say his name. Uh, but he was Tony Soprano's brother. In the in the um in the Sopranos TV show, and um he said he was staying at this um hotel and um uh, or no it was in, it was in New York it wasn't in um Los Angeles it was in New York, and um it was a, a famous hotel I got to get the name of it um maybe maybe the Ridgemont I, I don't know something it was some ritzy hotel from back in the day it was built like in the twenties, and he said that um 
you know, walking through the halls and stuff, he had a couple of different encounters. Um, that he had said that he had a couple of different encounters uh, with ghosts and uh, that there was a little girl that, you know, had been sighted a few times that he actually talked to. Um, one of them was a lady named Mary kind of called out to her and then people had told her, like, you know, she was someone who had committed suicide in the building. And, um, and the, uh, hotel ghost stories are always the best. I have seldom to hear a, a hotel ghost story where I was like, ah, nah, that's no good. Like, every single hotel ghost story I've ever heard is good. Oh, like, I've never heard one where I'm like, nah, well, it's I mean, good. The Shining. The right? Shining was based on a real hotel. Right, and I, and I don't, I don't disagree. And again, and that's another thing, possessions. Now that we're, now that we're kind of skipping over into that. Um, okay, so we are pretty much agreed that there are some instances where the supernatural undead are real. Um, you know, possessions, exorcism, things of these natures. Um, there's evidence of these things, and, I, and I'm and I'm actually a little weary about venturing off into this topic because it is it is very for me it's very sensitive, only because um, you know it's real. Like this isn't just some you know, an encounter that someone may have had that was, you know, not, um, this is, this is something where more than the kind of like what Taryn was saying, more than one person was there for this. You know, it's not a first person encounter, which can't be discredited, but at the same time are less credible than encounters where there's three people saying, yo, there was a ghost in here. You know what I mean? Where you can't really mm-hmm. say, you know, you could just say, oh, look, you know, when one person says it, you could just be like, oh, you had too much ambient, you'd be all right. You know, um, but if there's four people, you know, all saying they saw a ghost, like, it's kind of hard to be like, oh, it was in, it's the water. You know, it's something in the water. You got to kind of, like, start to ask a question, like, well, what did they see? What happened? And, um, you know, exorcisms are, I think, my favorite um, example of those instances because there's a priest involved, there's a person who is being possessed, and then the loved ones who, you know, noticed this enough to call a priest in order to re- rectify the situation and um no this isn't this isn't a hoax like you have well, priests- not to mention i mean the church keeps record of exorcisms that they the, perform the names of the demons they encounter the people who were possessed oh yeah no, no the catholic church actually has one of the largest um paranormal encounters as far as um, the undead and spirits are concerned. Like they have a lot of information that is just not public, you know, publicly uh, free to, to access. So you can only imagine what they have encountered and what kind of videos they must have and evidence. I, I wish I could get a hold of uh, someone who could, you know, kind of enlighten us to what they must have experienced. Um, and I get why that's something that you don't want to open to the general public because obviously after something like that is taken care of, you don't want to rehash it and bring it back, especially if there were people. But there have been like, you know, I've seen pictures and I've seen um, some evidence of some of these instances happening. And it's it's all too real. Like you get like, okay, maybe somebody's just having a real bad mental break and I mean, these people are clawing parts of, parts of their body away and chewing their tongues off and like it gets it gets really really graphic and violent and you have to ask yourself like is this just a case of you know one flew over the cuckoo's nest or you know is there something really going on here that this person can't control because you got to think to yourself even someone who has you know mental issues doesn't want to necessarily keep hurting themselves to that degree 
you know, where it's like it can only be explained where something outside of that person is trying to um, torture or hurt them. Like, it's really hard to refute that when you see these injuries that occur from these instances. So, and just something to think about as far as the overall scope of is this something that's real? Is it not? Um, what do you think as far as like the more ghost possessions and exorcisms and stuff like that? Have you like encountered different instances where you were like, okay, this is something or have seen something where you're like, all right, yeah, I totally believe in this. This has got to be something. Um, and instances where you haven't, um, well, in, in my estimation, ghosts and like demon possession are two different things. Um, I mean, I understand that there is the idea that ghosts can possess a person's body, uh, but I think that kind of goes more into the uh, malignant spirit demon section than the Casper the Friendly Ghost, you know, tricksy uh, spiritual entities. Let me ask you this. So... I asked you if you, well, no, I didn't ask you. I asked, I told you that there was a movie with Patrick Swayze in it called Ghost. Um, did you get a chance to, to watch it? No, I didn't. I, I did read up a little bit on it, but I okay. did. All right, so you did get a chance to read up on it. All right, that's good. Um, all right, well, this was a pretty good movie. And in this movie, like, Whoopi Goldberg really explained um, very well um, the medium between ghosts and people. And um, she was supposed to have been like a palm reader, like a, um, you know, uh, 1 800 call me to get you, you know, Sister Cleo kind of person. Huh? Cleo. Yeah, Miss Cleo. She was a Miss Cleo type of, exactly. She was, a, she was Miss Cleo of New York. And, um, you know, she was a lady you called to get your, you know, to talk to your loved ones that have passed or whatever. And it comes to find out that she actually really is a medium. Um, in the movie, she ends up really being a medium and, you know, once unlocking this ability, like these ghosts don't leave her alone. Like they're bothering her when she's in the shower. They're bothering her when she's getting ready to go down to bed. She can't go on a date. Like the ghosts are all over the place talking to her, trying to get in touch with her loved ones. And then she starts charging people, get money, whatever. The point being is that there was a part in this movie where Patrick Swayze had possessed the person's body in order to communicate um, with his uh, past, his girlfriend, or his, um, I guess, soon-to-be wife or wife, whatever, um, in the in the film. And I wonder, you know, does it have to be a malignant spirit, is it, or is it maybe just just that, just a spirit that, you know, is it, is it necessarily a demon, or is it maybe just someone who, you know, possessed someone and thought, you know, that it was going to be easy to, you know, live that way and. The, the shock of doing that and being in a living body after not for I don't know how many years and it, could it be something like that a clashing of those two different sides or what like there's just so many different what ifs as far as that's concerned like and I, I just wanted to bring it up as a point of conjecture because there, it may be a situation like that they don't it doesn't necessarily have to be a demon it could just be like you said someone trying to communicate or get something across or because I, I can only imagine being dead for so long and then taking over a living person's body and being overwhelmed with the senses of the living could potentially drive you crazy, you know, or, or make you feel adverse to what you, what situation you're in. So 
Just food for thought. I mean, um, going forward. I mean, I think I think that you know, if it's just you know, a twenty-minute conversation that you're wanting to have, and it's with the permission of the body that you are inhabiting, then that's you know, that still goes in that same category as the ghosts. You know, the that maybe they're a little bit you know playful, but not evil. But I think if you're going to step into somebody's body without any permission and you decide once you're in there that, mm, you know what, this is nice, I think I'm going to stay, then you're, you're going towards that, that dark side. All right. I, well, I will be honest, Jordan. At that, point, you're, at that point, you're just basically saying screw you to the person who's in that body to begin with and well, basically saying that your, your existence is more important than theirs. Well, Jordan, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. When and if I ever become a ghost, I'm possessing the first person I see. I'm not ready to give up living. So yeah, I'm jumping into the first person I see, and we're taking this meat suit for a spin. At the very least, going to the nearest local watering hole, and yeah, put some work in. Yeah, I'm dead. I can't enjoy this anymore. So I gotta get it where I can. So I, I mean, I'm just saying, if I was a ghost. So you're not gonna try and just automatically move on. I mean, I'm sure I will eventually, but, you know, there's a few things I haven't done yet. And if I can possess a person and do it, I'm going to do it first before I move on to the uh, great I, hereafter. I think, I'm, I think I'm good. I mean, if I have the opportunity to move on, then I would be taking it. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to stick around and screw up other people's lives. Well, I mean, you know, well, okay. I, at that point in time, I've lived my life. It may not have been as long as I was intending on it being, but I mean, I, I did what I was here to do and time to move on and go on to bigger, better things. You're at the pearly gate. Oh no, you're not at the pearly gates, but you're a ghost. And the escalator to heaven is leaving in exactly two hours and a brand new Star Wars movie just came out and you have the ability to possess a person to go watch it and then go to heaven. What do you do? I mean... Ah, yeah, see? <laughs> okay, but you know what? You know what? No Star Wars movie is going to be over in two hours and me be able to get back. So I'm going to just go ahead and go up that escalator Come on, we can't just skip the credits and watch an hour of the movie. Come on, we're ghosts, Jordan. We're going to be going up to the hereafter. This is our last chance to see what they're going to be doing with, the, with this franchise. Yeah, but you know what? There are going to be more after that that we're going to be missing anyway. So, I mean, I hope Heaven's got pay-per-view. Which would be sweet as far as the deal is concerned. I think that would definitely swing a lot of people <laughs> over to the side of good if they knew that that was something. Um, and even still, I'm sure they have some type of entertainment going on up there. I mean, you know, some of the greatest entertainers are, are up there, hopefully are up there. So, you know, maybe maybe there's plenty to keep us entertained as we go. But I'm trying to get into that Star Wars movie. I don't know about you. Corporeal, non-corporeal, I'm in there. Um, and um, do we have any more ghost stories and or um, comments we're going to be reading from our members. Sean was telling me about uh, some woman that haunts this field that uh, I, I guess she killed herself because 
the guy that she was in love with was married and he wouldn't leave his wife. So he, he actually sent a bunch of pictures of like uh, ghost orbs. And then there was another one that he said that it was that um, this little girl got run over by a carriage and killed. Oh. There were a bunch of orbs in that picture too. I mean, they were just like, he sent like, I don't know, maybe eight pictures had a bunch of like ghost orbs. And I, I, I've always been kind of a little bit skeptical of orbs, but you can tell from the pictures that like each one is in a different spot in these pictures. So it's not just like, oh, he got, you know, there's a piece of water that dried on his camera lens or, you know, oh, it's some condensation or anything like that. Like these are actual like orbs floating in the air. And they're, they're not just, you know, like dust bunnies because he's in the middle of a field and on a street and near a museum and all of this stuff. So I yeah, no, I can see them. That's actually pretty eerie. Wow. I'm kind of surprised by this. Um, all right, we've got Shantia Moy. Is that how you pronounce her last name? Moye, yeah. I'm not sure. Moye, <laughs> okay. Um, before Tyler Perry bought the land for his studio in Atlanta, it was a military base known as Fort McPherson. I worked there as a security guard on the night shift. One night at about 3 a.m., myself and the other two guards are watching the monitors, and one of the screens watching the provost marshal's office, we saw that what looked like a translucent shadow figure walk through the front door out onto the street. Uh, the way it walked, it ticked with every movement, it got mid-street and turned and looked at the camera, then morphed into a face that turned and looked back at the door it came through. Suddenly, all the sirens go off, and across the radio, we hear, ambulance and route, let them pass. Sergeant Robinson just had a heart attack on his desk. Well, all right. Um, wow. Another, yeah, another patrol shows up for escort. He died that night. The provost marshal's office was also haunted. We had to go in there to print visitor passes. Um, night shift had to. I went in at 3 a.m. one night. The building completely dark. Heard running on the floor above me. And saw a Civil War soldier standing at the end of the hall. The building used to be the old infirmary and the psych ward. Oh, lovely. Oh, man. Um, See? Oh, hell no. If you walked into... <laughs> um, if you walked into the actual Ellie office, their gun cage was part of the dungeon. Oh, fantastic. Oh, see? Oh, hell no. <laughs> um... Past a certain point, there wasn't even drywall, just dirt walls and floor with wrought iron cages. Oftentimes, the desk sergeant would call over the radio asking everybody's position because he heard the back door open and talking, um, but everyone else was out on patrol. Mm, yeah, no thank you. Yep, nope. You gotta burn the whole military base down. I mean... Mm. 
-hmm. Yeah, no, we haven't done that shit now. Yeah, no. Mm. Yeah, we're not doing that. I'm not. I'm not sure you could have. I'm not sure you could have paid me enough money to go in there. Well, shout out to Shantia for being that brave. Because I tell you one thing, I am not going into the dungeon with the iron cages. For real. Just not happening. Um, she had another one actually. Right. She had another one too. Um, another time living in Marietta, Georgia, my ex and I were home. Uh, he's in the living room and I'm in the bedroom. He said, babe, can you grab me a drink? I said, I'm in the bedroom. He then said, well, then who's in the kitchen? Both my cats are hissing, backs arched. Um, my dog is growling and I walk to the door and look down the hall. A six foot shadow walks out of the kitchen and through my front door. My ex and I stare at each other in shock. Later that night, after we calm down, we go to sleep. 3 a.m., I wake up, both cats on the bed hissing again um, at, the uh, at the bedroom doorway. Dog is growling, um, and I can't move. I can only move my eyes, and I look over at the doorway, and there's a shadow again. Then the shadow disappears, and suddenly I can move. Mm, no, thank you. Oh, oh, see, no. No, uh -huh. thank you. No, we got to move out of the country at that point. Oh, hell no. No, no. See, yeah, I see. I'm not good we're with just, stuff like that. everything down. Yeah, no, get the, get the kerosene. Yeah, no, we're not fucking around. Nope. Um, here's another one from... Turn everything down and starting over. <laughs> yep, right over from scratch. That's how you do that. Um, I actually have one from my nephew. Um, shout out to the family, Daquan Tate. Um, he says, I was in military school in 2013, Aberdeen, Maryland. I remember that. Um, there had been a rumor about someone who committed suicide in the barracks, that, and it was haunted. I never really believed this stuff like that because I never experienced it. Well, one night I wake up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, and as I'm walking down the hallway, I got knocked back like there was someone walking towards me. I literally fell back on my ass and was puzzled. There was nothing or nobody in my way. I still went to the bathroom, but where um, things got freaky was I went back to my bed and tried to sleep. The room door slammed shut, and I heard this crazy-ass growl next to me. Um, it woke me up. The person woke me up and the person next to me. I never told anybody about it, but that's my only experience, and ghosts are definitely real. See, yeah, military, yeah, military faces. I mean, at the at the point at the point in time where it woke both you and your roommate up. I mean, I gotta believe that there was something there. Right, especially if it was. That's what I was saying. Well, kind of what Taryn was saying earlier. Like, it's one thing for one person to experience, but when it's multiple people, it's kind of hard to be like, "Nah, I was just the wind." You know, something's going on. So, um, I gotta agree. I gotta definitely so, agree with that. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, my, my grandmother, when she passed away, uh, several of my family members all that same night um, when she passed away all had different experiences and nobody had, you know, said anything to each other beforehand. It was just kind of, uh, my mom called everybody and was like, hey, just wanted to let you know that Nan passed away this morning. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, I had a feeling and like told her their story. And my mom's like, okay, well, all right. Guess she was making her rounds before she uh, 
And that's actually pretty common that um, people talk about that, that sometimes before the spirits uh, depart from Earth, they say goodbye to their loved ones or that that's that's a very common um, experience that I've heard of that people actually have seen their loved ones or have had some kind of encounter with their loved ones like shortly after their passing, like not minutes, sometimes even seconds, sometimes right before. Um, so that, that goes to show that again. I mean, I mean, when she, when she passed away, I mean, I woke up the exact time that she passed away. And it was at like 2.51 in the morning. It wasn't, it wasn't some time I would normally be awake. If you ever talk to anybody who's ever been pregnant, they'll tell you they have to go to the bathroom like 5 billion times a day. And right. that's kind of what I assumed woke me up. But when I was awake, I was like, I really don't have to go to the bathroom, but that must be it. And it wasn't until the next morning that my mom was like, oh, no, no, no. She, she passed away at the exact time you're talking about you woke up. Oh, wow. I mean, my mom, my mom and I lived in a basement apartment and the lights in the ceiling had not worked in that basement apartment for over 15 years. And my grandmother died and within an hour of her passing away, all the lights in the whole basement came on and stayed on for like 15, 20 minutes and then went back out and they don't work even now. It was oh, just wow. that like 15 minute span of time that all the lights just suddenly worked again for the first time in 15 years and then went all back out again. Yeah, um, that's, wow. A bunch, of other, a bunch of other like little things that, that other family members all said and all of this stuff took place within like, you know, two hours of each other, all of us. So we all kind of chalked it up to, to Nan saying bye. <laughs> Makes sense. And some things you just do like when it makes sense like that, you just gotta call it what it is, in my opinion. Um so I'm gonna get to our poll results. Um a bit of a landslide here, but we have a couple of um non believers in the house. Um thirty six votes for ghosts are real, fight me. And um ten votes for non. No, they ain't even. So We'll spread out on this one. And I could hear a little bit of um, rebuttals. I know Tony said, um, Tony Toussaint said that he needs proof. Um, he's never actually spent months in a um, cancer ward with a lot of people who died. And um, he said that he's not, he hasn't seen too many or felt too many different paranormal experiences. And I don't know if that's because he's you know not as sensitive to them as other people are or how that works, but I will say, that um, it is definitely something to be desired as far as, um, you know, just research and, 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 and going into the topic goes, you know, keep an open mind because you never know. But, um, you know, some people just don't believe it. Some people, until they experience it themselves, they need proof, and I don't have a problem with that. I can understand and agree completely. I need proof as well. If I don't experience something myself, then... At the very least, I need overwhelming evidence to support it. So we support you guys as well. Just because, you know, you don't believe in something or don't agree doesn't mean that you're wrong. So shout out to all the non-believers as well. Um, and we would love to hear more from you guys. If you have uh, rebuttals, evidentiary rebuttals, or, you know, just contrary points, please let us know, and we will definitely read them on air. And I believe that does it 
for this episode of the Amalga File. So we will choose a winner for um, the Aliens cast, and we will be giving away a Ellen Ripley and an arachnid alien um, to one of our lucky listeners. So stay tuned. We'll be revealing our listener on the next show. What do you think about the topic for the next show? That's a good question. Yeah, because there's, there's a lot of ground to cover. Um, I was actually thinking, because um, Taryn kind of hinted at this when we were talking, is that there's different types of um, supernatural beasts, um, that there may be different, def- different definitions for what these things are. Um, I was thinking maybe we can get into something kind of similar to that, almost like our Urban Legends episode but like you know maybe go over some of our more you know mythical beasts which ones we think are real or mystical mythical entities which ones that we think are real maybe disproving some that aren't um yeah we should go on our supernatural um beast hunter episode where we're like looking for different uh types of you know beasts and, and myths and things of that nature like gins uh, genies. I've, oh, I've, I was, I was going to ask if you were talking about like vampires and werewolves. And yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, we're going, we're going into, we are going to borrow a page from the supernatural book, beast, 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 and we're going to go through and see, you know, what's real, what's not. You know, there's been some supporting evidence and some not so much supporting evidence of some of these things being real. We're going to, we're going to delve down that road. So mythical beasts, mystical monsters, are they real? Are they not? We want you to weigh in. We want you to know uh, what you feel about the legends and if you have anything to add. So, you know, give us a call or send us an email or leave us a voicemail. And we would love to hear from you on the next show. Um, yeah, I think that just about does it. Thank you all for listening and joining us on this episode of Amalgam Files. Uh, as always, we are powered by the Dorkening Network, and we are looking forward to seeing you guys on the next show. I'm my wonderful Ian Wallace. I'm my lovely co-host, Jordan Lynn Epperson. Stay weird, weirdos. And we will see you on the next Amalgam Finals.